Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now, from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 630 Shed. Finally tugging it free, Hendricks wide open, Osterley loads and fires save, rebound, score! Matt Hendricks muscles at home, and Edmonton extends to a 2-0 lead. Osterley's third assist in two games, and for Matt Hendricks, his fourth of the year. Matt Hendricks with a little insurance tonight. Cam Talbot with 40 saves. Jordan Everly, the game winner. The Oilers beat the Vancouver Canucks 2-0. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you, joined by a very special guest, Oilers winger Matt Hendricks. Matt, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having me, Reid. I appreciate it. You get your first goal since uh, February 13th. and Was that long ago? Well, that's not that long <laughs> no, ago. Okay. It was, that's only, that's <laughs> only a month and yeah, a few I guess, days. I guess so. Not bad. Uh, but I know I saw you give an extra little tap to Jordan Osterley there. You guys have been working on getting pucks through, and he did it. You know, absolutely. Uh, you got to give credit to, to Pacarina and Cassian first off, though, down in the corner, really mucking and grinding. Kind of our goal going out there, our first shift together, and you know, uh, puck squirted out to me, uh, and then Ose made a great play at the blue line to get to get it on net, and a, a nice juicy rebound laying there. Guys like me really like like those ones. You talk about uh, mucking and grinding. You know, the trade deadline. For so many years here with, in Edmonton, they're deleting players. They're they're sending players away because the team has been out of the playoffs. This year, the coaching staff brought, or excuse me, the GM brought in players, brought in big players, physical players, players that play a lot like you do. And since then, we've seen an Oiler team that is tough to play against. And now, do you as a team, do you feel that? Do you feel that you're an edgier hockey club than you have been in the past? And do you feel that teams are starting to take notice of that? Absolutely, Brownie. Uh, the acquisitions have been great. Um, first, first in the locker room. They're coming in. They're saying all the right things. You know, they're, they're come, they've come from organizations or have played in organizations where they've seen success. They've seen their best players be successful. And they're coming in and they're preaching all, all the things that we want to hear. So that's great. And then... The on-ice product is is just as great because we're not just it's not just fourth line grit coming in. It's guys that can move up and down the lineup, guys that can play on the top two lines, that can play in front of the net on the power play, that have that big size. You know, Patty Maroon is is the perfect example of it. He he plays the right way to help get our skill some get the, get our skilled players a puck more, and and we're seeing more opportunities, especially on the power play. Matt Hendricks joining us overtime open line. Oilers shut out the Canucks tonight, two nothing. I mentioned Cam Talbot's big night with, with 40 saves since the middle of December. Matt, for me, he's the MVP of this team. I mean, you can count the number of soft goals on on one hand, and you wouldn't even need all the fingers. Absolutely, he is. Uh, he's been outstanding for us. Um, he's that calming player in our locker room. He he he's quiet throughout the whole night. He doesn't say much. 
And you look at him on the ice, you go up and talk to him before a face-off in the defensive zone. He's very calm, and he's reassuring that, hey, I'm going to make the save. You guys do whatever you can, try to get the puck out. But he, he's been our backstop all year. He's been our, consistently our best penalty killer. And we're real fortunate to have him, and, and we're happy that he's playing the way that he is. So with all the injuries that the Oilers have had as of late, you have a lot of players coming up from the minors, a lot of players that weren't expected to play the minutes that they have. How do you feel as a teammate that they have fit in? Do they fit in uh, both on the ice and, and in the dressing room? Are they able to stand up and talk? Are they able to, to lead by example? You have a guy like Osterley who's many would never have thought he'd be in the National Hockey League. He most nights leads the team in ice time. How has that uh, affected this, the dressing room and, and helped out when you have a bunch of players that were expected to be here who aren't even in the lineup because of injury? That's a good question, Brownie. He... Uh all the guys that I've seen that come up have, have, have been like sponges. First and foremost, they're bringing work ethic. They come up and they all seem to work very hard in practice and pregame skates and, and in games. But they're sponges in the room. They're listening to the coaches. But i got to tip my hat to the coaches down in, in, um, in Bakersfield, too, with the Condors because they're playing the same system and they're teaching it to a T. These guys seem to come up and, and they just flow right into our style of play. And, and uh, we're happy that, that they're getting the opportunity that they have because they're opening a lot of eyes for the entire organization, not only their teammates. All right, one final quick one. Before we started, you guys were, what, teammates recently? <laughs> yeah, we played in a charity game. I was fortunate to play on the alumni game. Uh, that was two summers ago now. We played in, uh, in a military charity game out at uh, the U of A, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, Brownie, I was trying to learn from his goal-scoring moves. And <laughs> I think he had about seven in that game as well, so it was pretty neat. He, he skates really fast. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's in shape, he's young, and he skates fast. It's not fair for old guys like uh, me. It was fun to watch, though, I'll tell you that. Matt, thanks for making time for us. I know it's always busy for you after a game. We really appreciate Absolutely, it. Absolutely, Reed. Brownie, thank, thank you, you guys very much. very much. That is Matt Hendricks stopping by live in studio, overtime open line in the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Hendricks gets his fourth of the season. Everly gets the uh, game winner tonight, his 22nd of the year. McDavid, Osterley, and Packer in and had the assist. And the Oilers win their second in a row, knocking off the Vancouver Canucks 2-0. And Matt Henderson coming to you courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things diesel. All right, you can reach us, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. By the way, Hendricks, the second star tonight. Griffin Reinhardt, the third star. And uh, picking the first star was easy tonight. When you get a 40-save shutout, it's Cam Talbot. We're going to select the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. I'll go first tonight. All right, Since then. I went second the other night. Uh, because he was 9-1 and one in the face-off circle, and I thought created some offense, especially in the first period, I'm going to give it to Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Leon was very good. Uh, and up front, I mean, any time that you can go 90% in the face-off circle, no matter who you are, but especially if you're a, a, a much maligned uh and the Oilers up front in the face-off circle have been much blind this year. They've struggled at it. Uh, Leon was great. I did still love the game of Jordan Orsley tonight again. Plus two had an assist, played almost 22 minutes. Continues to impress and continues to gain the, the confidence uh, of this coaching staff to be put out in all the right situations. So I thought uh, Jordan was very good in this game again. Jackie says the defense looked good tonight. Reinhardt looked steady. Osterley looks like he's emerging as a smart hockey player who makes good choices in his own zone and knows when to jump into the play. Perhaps we may only need to target one defenseman in the offseason. That is from Jackie. Well, I'd prefer to have more options than, than fewer. They're going to get one somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be an absolute number one guy. I mean, it may be a defense by committee scenario next season, but preferably I think they'll try to get 
I, 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 th I think they need a top two or three defenseman. I think they need someone that they can put out there uh, in, in, in huge situations against the other teams. When when the Anaheim has it rolling and they throw Getzlaff and Perry, you need someone to go out and match. Or if you're playing against the LA Kings and Carter's having a good night, you need someone to go out against them. I don't know if they have that guy right now. Uh, and I think that'd be important. And they also need a guy that's going to be able to uh, play on their power play and be that right-handed shot. So uh, I know that Peter Shrelly knows what he needs. I think Peter Shrelly knows what he wants. But it's not going to be easy because the player that you want, every other team in the NHL, is they want him as well. All right, the Oilers beat the Canucks. Two zip. Oilers head coach, Todd McClellan. What do you think of uh, Reinhardt's play? Of Griffin's play? I think that pair has been pretty steady um, since we put them together. And, uh, you know, Griff's playing, we're experimenting with him on the right side and Jordan on the left. Um, they both played big minutes. They penalty killed. Um, you know, we're, for a segment of games, this is probably the best Griffin's been all year. And um, I, we talked about some of the factors of the reasons why, but he played, he's played well. At the end of the night, <coughs> Yeah, well, there was only, um, so there was six points handed out, two goals and four assists. So, um, you know, some guys play on teams and, and aren't counted on for offense. Um, other guys play and move pucks and break up plays, and, and that's Griffin's forte. Even in his best years in junior, he wasn't leading the league in, in scoring uh, as defenseman. So uh, it takes all types to, uh, to have success. Um, we're still trying to find more pieces to the puzzle. We're trying to develop the pieces that we have here, trying to get more out of them um, so that we can grow and, and have more success. We're not where we need to be. Um, but Griffin, um, you know, from the time we sent him down last time to this time, there has been some growth, and it's showing, so that's a good thing. Can you talk about Talbot's game today? I thought he was really good. I, I thought our team, uh, you know, it's hard to criticize a, a win, uh, I think you still have to look at things objectively, and uh, I thought our team was real sluggish tonight. We uh, we started well. We played the first 10, 15 minutes with energy, and then after that we fell off. Um, not a lot of support. It was one man and four guys watching, and as a result, we played in our end a lot. We didn't have the puck a lot, and our goaltender needed to be superb, and he was. Todd, is Talbot rising in your mind to the point where it's fairly easy for you to envision Starting him 60, 65 times in a full season as long as you're running the bench and he's on your team. Yeah, it's, you know, I feel really, and it's not just about me and my team. It's our team, the coaching staff and the players. I think you could line them up tonight, you know, in order and by numbers, and everybody would tell you they feel really good when 33's in the net. And, uh, you know, I echo those thoughts. Um, 60, 70 games, we, we got to make sure we keep this guy alive. Um, you know, was a 40. Well, but 40 shots too. You know, we've had some good nights. We've had 22, 23 shot nights. You put three or four 40 shot uh, games in a row, it's taxing on them. Um, and we also have to be aware that we're trying to develop a real young, good goaltender as well. Todd, you kind of hinted at the moving the centers around, having your groups. It looks like you're starting to test that out. Just, I know it's early. How is that starting up? Well, we tested it for a period tonight. Um, again, they were the the 
the whole team I thought was sluggish. So we're just looking for a little bit of a spark, a little bit of energy. Um, I wouldn't read a lot into that third period. I don't think it was a good evaluating tool. Um, but we'll, uh, again, we'll spend some more time in that situation as the year goes on. Was that a typical Matt Hendricks? Yep. Um, you know, again, that's the type, uh, you know, Matty Hendricks probably prevents more than he scores, but he finds a way to get an important one tonight. Osterley, a uh, real good job of creating the, sh the shooting lane, being mobile on the blue line, Cassian in the eyes, Handle going to the net and finding a rebound. Pretty simple formula, but uh, sometimes it's hard for guys to believe in it until they see it. That is Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. They win 2-0 tonight. That means a $100 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. We have plenty more to come. You're going to hear from Mark Letestu and Patrick Maroon. will go into the Canucks dressing room as well to get their reaction. They have dropped three in a row. Terry Peranich, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. So you got Latestu, Yakupov, and Korpakoski up the right-hand side. Henrik Sedin flashed it cross ice, deflected on that sprawling left pad save made by Talbot on Vertanen. That might have been his best stop of the night. That was a great save late in the third period. Cam Talbot and the Oilers shut out the Canucks 2-0. Your save of the game for Armour Insurance, working today to protect your tomorrow. Edmonton 29-38-7 on the season. They're a point behind the Canucks. The Canucks do have four games in hand. The oddity of the standings, though, is that the Oilers have two more wins than Vancouver. But Vancouver, especially early in the season, lost tons of games in uh, overtime and shootouts. Yeah, at one point, there were something like 13, 13, and 13. It was something silly yeah, you I'll talked about. Yeah, I'll look it up about, here yeah. quick. I think th they might have been 11, 11, and 9. But uh, while I'm looking it up, 780-496-0063, we will bring Cody in on the line. Cody, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, man. How's it going tonight? We're good. Good. Hey, wonder about Yakupov and his role on that line. Uh, line he's on, does he fit anywhere on the line other than maybe being a shooter with uh, McDavid on that line? Well, he's playing on a line. Uh, he, was, he was completely lost out there. Whenever the play was in our end, he was just lost. Well, and it, he doesn't have that defensive skill. Just wondering, where does he fit in with the team? Well, that, that's a good question. I mean, tonight he, he played a lot of the night with Nugent Hopkins, who up until Connor McDavid was drafted was the Oilers' number one center. So he was playing with a number one center. Uh, his, his biggest... Um, deficiency uh, of the uh, of his skill set is he, he doesn't process the game quick and he and, and when he doesn't have the puck on his stick he does get lost out there and that's why for a while there before Nugent Hopkins came back he was playing with a Latestu and a Korpikoski guys that are very good sound defensive players and they would protect him so he's, he's not going to he's not going to play in your top six here I just I don't see that and, that, and that's understandable, but then, but then what role does he play? Because if you're playing on a third line and you're with Nugent Hopkins, who does have a lot of offensive talent, yeah, well, the pro the they're thing not is generating a whole lot. And I, I, I think because he can't get it, you know, they can't get it other which is a Oilers problem, period. But they don't seem to comment each other at all. And well, if he can't play on a top line and have McDavid accent, then 
who does it? Like, well, that, that's the problem that they have with with Yakupov, and and it's another thing that that hurts Yakupov is the fact he's a left-handed shot. So being on the power play on the offside wing is going to be either Nugent Hopkins, Drysdale, or McDavid, and they need right-handed guys to pass to. So having Yakupov on the PP, he's not going to get that one-timer because the the three guys that are passing the puck are all on the same side as him. So uh, Nail's in a hard situation right here. They, they need him to be a consistent player in both ends of the rink. He hasn't shown that, and he just he doesn't doesn't accomplish enough to to and he's not better than the guys playing ahead of him. And think about it too. Nugent Hopkins, I believe, at some point is going to be in your top six, and they're going to run three of their centermen in the top on the, in the top two lines. So now you're going to have a, a third line that's going to be a checking line type of thing. And now Yakupov, he certainly can't play in that role. So Yakupov is going to have a hard time finding a spot where he fits in for the Edmonton Oilers coming next fall. And in the third period, Nugent Hopkins, Dreisaitl, and Hall were a line. That's our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. The Oilers shut out the Canucks 2-0 into the visitor's dressing room for Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Here's Henrik Sedin. 40 shots for you guys tonight, but did you do enough to generate quality chances? Uh, yes, I know. I thought we had some some really good chances to score, but uh, 40 shots we should have created more great A chances. So uh, it was good good game chance wise for us, but with the amount of puck possession we had, and uh, I think we should have created some little bit more traffic in front of them. What explanation did you get on the no goal? That was a tough one. I still don't really get it. They they tried to explain it to me, but. <laughs> They try to explain it to everyone, but I, for me, they they called it off because of, he battered him with, with his hand. But then they came back and said it was a goal interference. So I still don't know what what. Uh, any consolation that what the NHL said he said he ruled goalie interference on the ice at the time, and that's not reviewable. So his call on the ice stood. That's the one they came up with at the yeah. end. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know. I mean, it was the right call in the end, so it doesn't really matter. But it's. Uh, they told me they looked at one thing, and then they came back and told me that they looked at a different thing. So I, I don't know. But again, it's it's that's up to them. Was that a momentum killer? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's nice to get a goal there, but uh, again, we're uh, we got to think about it, the way we play and the uh, our process here of trying to get better. So um, it was a tough one today, but overall, I thought we played a, a good game. Henrik, I know it's still about wins and losses with you guys, but do, do you still like the way you played, and is that maybe the more important thing here than? Yeah, no, that's what I meant. I mean, it's, it was a momentum killer today, and we maybe we should have won this game, but I liked uh, the way we we came back in this game and uh, and played good again. That's that's been the a common theme for for most games here lately. But for us right now, a good a good game is often not good enough to win. So that's where we are. Sorry, you've seen Conor McDavid a couple of times, but just give me impressions of him. Yeah, he's so fast. I mean, the, he gets from zero to 100 in a, in a heartbeat, and it's he's uh, uh, tough to, to cover. And he that's uh, impressive, impressive player, and they, uh, he's going to be good for a long time. Quick turnaround tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be a tough, tough test for us. They, They've been waiting for us there in Vancouver as well, so they uh, they're going to be ready after their loss here the other day, and um, it's it's a good test for us. I mean, they are, they are one of the the contenders this year, and um, for us to go up against that, I think it's it's good for us. 
All right, Scott Johnson working the visitors' dressing room. That is Henrik Sedin. Uh, just quickly on that Brendan Gaunt's no goal. I, I thought he hit it with his glove. When I saw the replay, he, he smacked it with his glove, but uh, Sedin says he was told goalie interference, and, and you can't knock the goalie into the net with the puck, too. So I, I didn't think it was going to count when I saw it. Well, I thought a, it was hit with the hand. Well, it's another one of those ones where we saw earlier where there was they disallowed a goal once, and then they went over, and Todd McClellan got to call it out again. It, there, there's some... I don't completely... Just like Sedin, I don't understand all the rules. Uh, but in the end, as he said it, they got the call right, and that's all that really mattered. This texture says, glad to hear the coach's honesty about a sluggish group. These two teams are a great example of a weak Pacific division without major changes on both sides. They can book tee times for next April. Sorry, that game was hard to watch. That's a text to 630-630. You can also phone us, 780-496-0063. We have Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, boys. How you doing? Doing well. So, two guys, Yakupov, obviously. I'm talking trades here. Um, Yakupov and Everly. So, if those two guys go and you have all of these younger defensemen that are impressing, if you're Shirelli, like, are you, you know, if you get like one, maybe two guys, I know you want a lot of depth, but if you look at these these young defensemen that are coming up, it's a pretty impressive picture of, uh, you know, if uh, Kleppbaum can, can be healthy in that mix. I just wanted your, your, your opinion on that. Well, I, once again, I mean, it, there are some bright spots, and Osterley's a bright spot. Uh, a Griffin Reinhardt played well the last couple of games, but are those guys the answer over 82-game schedule? If, if all of a sudden you got Osterley, Reinhardt, Nurse, all in the lineup, uh, I, I don't know if that's capable of, uh, of putting together a playoff-type team. I mean, this is a, a Vancouver Canuck team that is missing eight players that still got 40 shots on net against an Oilers team uh, with this defense. I think this Oilers team needs a top one or two or, or possibly three, depending what they can get defensemen, at least and then from there, maybe even some more depth. Uh, the, the young players, give them another year in the minors. Let them continue to grow. And if they continue to, to push, then they will get their spot. But I don't believe that the Oilers, with the defense they have, even with a healthy Clefbaum, uh, even with a, a healthy Davidson, I'm not sure that's a playoff caliber team yet. Yeah, you got to be greedy and, and have those guys for depth. I mean, that's valuable depth, guys. But uh, you're right, Rob. I'm not sure that they're... Uh an 82-game solution quite yet. Cam Talbot, 40 saves. He's tonight's home ice hero, courtesy of ATB Financial. Know someone whose quiet hard work makes hockey happen in your community? Nominate them for ATB's Home Ice Hero Award at atb.com slash home ice. 2-0, your final. Eberle and Hendricks, the goal scorers. Murray, you're up on the open line first after the 10.30 news. You're also going to hear from Mark Letestu and Patrick Maroon. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And now a steal by Connor McDavid. Walks in, dishes off, Everly wide open, shoots and scores! Jordan! 
Jordan Eberle with his 22nd of the year off a dish from McDavid. And Edmonton snaps the scoreless stalemate with 8.50 to play in period two. It's 1-0 Oilers. That would stand up as the game winner. The Oilers beat the Vancouver Canucks 2-0. Matt Hendricks had the other goal that came in the third period. Cam Talbot, a 40-save shutout, his third clean sheet of the season. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Terry Peranich, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You can reach us at 780-496-0063 and Murray has done just that. Hello, Murray. Hello. Hey, go ahead, Matt. Hey, how's it going tonight, guys? Good. I uh, just want to elaborate more on that uh, story that you guys were talking about, uh, goalie uh, insurance for next year to push uh, JB. Uh, I was wondering, would uh, Cam uh, Ward being a UFA be fit right in there being from Edmonton or not? I, I don't know if they would want to... Like, I know he's nearing his end of his career, so he might not be too much, but he'd, be, he'd probably like to play in his own city in the new arena and everything, so... Yeah, I, I don't know how I much... they push him. I don't, I don't know how much they'd want to they'd spend and, and... Like, I'm not sure how much he's wanting... I don't know if Cam Ward would want to play as as little as the backup goalie could potentially play next year, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I I agree. I think that Cam Ward, uh, I I don't think he's going to go somewhere where he's going to be a guy that plays 15 to 18 or 20 games. Uh, I think that if he's going to end his career, he wants to end it on a positive where he's still a starting goaltender or at least gets to battle to be a starting goaltender. And I don't think there's going to be a battle here next year. Cam Talbot is the goalie, the number one goalie, and will play a vast majority of the games. Thanks for calling, Murray. We appreciate it. Tell you what, Patrick Maroon played on the line with Eberle and McDavid again tonight. He's standing by courtesy of GCL Diesel for all things diesel. In terms of continuing what you guys did the other night against St. Louis, did it feel like it was a continuation of that or were there still some holes in the game? There were still some holes in our game. I thought the second period was kind of sloppy. I thought we could have done better. Uh, the only reason that I think they got some zone time in the seconds because we turned pucks over. Uh, we didn't really uh, you know, get them deep and capitalize on our chances there. So, you know, it's just being hard on the stick and just playing simple. But I thought all around the third period was solid. We got pucks in and we grinded them in the fourth line. Did a heck of a job getting that second goal, and that's what we needed. Um, you've been with this team for a few weeks now. What are you learning about Cam Talbot right now? Oh, he's, a, <laughs> he's a good goalie. I mean, some nights that's the reason why we win hockey games because of him, and, you know, he's only going to get better. Um, you know, the team's uh, starting to play a little better and starting to play in front of him, so that's just always nice for him. You know, giving up, we can't give up 40 shots, 35 shots tonight. You know, it's, Cam's making some big saves back there, but some games when we give up, you know, 20 shots like we get against the Blues or 25 shots, I mean, that's that's what he likes, and I thought we did a good job of that tonight. Nice to know you can, you know, win a game against St. Louis, a high-scoring game, then come out here and win in a defensive game, just being able to win games different ways. Yeah, it's good. You know, you got to find ways to win hockey games one nothing this league. Uh, you know, that's the hardest thing to do in this league is to try to win one nothing and just play simple hockey and, you know, playing to your strengths, which is, you know, for us, as Todd is, you know, telling us, you know, try to get pucks deep, work them down low. we got some size now, cycle the puck, get some traffic to that and get the ugly ones. I thought we did a good job of that tonight. Read that's Patrick Maroon. All right, that is Patrick Maroon, and Corey has texted in Rob Cassian and Maroon have turned this team around, went from being the biggest pushover team in the league to more legitimate, and Corey says Nurse has helped in that regard as well. Well, they're playing with edge, and this was a team that at the end of the night you didn't feel 
that they were always pushing back, and, and they are now. And they're not only pushing back, I think they're instigating. They're, they're being the aggressors on times. And you're at its size. This was, uh, the Oilers were, were a soft team for, for a number of years. They were very skilled, but when they started playing Western Conference teams that were big and physical, uh, the Oilers lacked success against them. They needed size to match up against them. They went out and got a Cassian, a Cracknell, a Maroon. You add in uh, a Griba, who they got in, in the offseason, and all of a sudden you got some big boys. And now you can push back. Now the Hendricks. And the Packeranans or the Korpikoskis got more size on their side. And the Oilers became a, a team that could grind it out. And in the National Hockey League, there you don't see a lot of, like the other night we had the 6-4 St. Louis game. You don't see that very often. A lot of them are grind, grinded out type of hockey games. And the Oilers are now more suited to do that than they have been in the past. The special team story tonight, the Oilers a perfect 3-for-3 three three on the penalty kill. I thought they did a Pretty good job. I mean, the Canucks can work the puck around. But well, they, they've got two of the best power play guys in the, in, in the league and have been for a long time with Sedins. They, uh, they will get their chances, but you've got to limit the amount of chances they get and you've got to limit the number of grade A scoring chances. And you heard the city, I can't, who'd we have? Hendrick? That we had talk, Hendrick, yeah. Hendrick talk about the fact that they had 40 shots, but he said we didn't create enough grade A scoring chances, and that's what the Oilers did a good job with tonight. The Oilers' power play was 0 for 2, but their last power play was only 26 seconds. I did not expect them to get four power play goals again. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick timeout, then uh, Levi is going to finish the play. You'll also hear from Mark Latestu and Canucks coach Willie Desjardins. 2-0 Edmonton wins it. Terry Peranich overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre, this is the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. The final tonight at Rexall Place, 2-0 Oilers over Canucks. Edmonton now 2-2 two two on its five-game homestand. It'll end Sunday night against the Colorado Avalanche. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's 10:41. Thanks a lot for joining us. Levi is going to finish the play tonight. He has already won 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. We're going to try to get him into the grand prize draw for 1000 bucks to Integra Tire. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, and Stony Plain. Levi, you want to finish the play first, or you want to give us your thought on the game? Um, well, let's, well, let's go finish the play. Let's do it, Matthew. Talbot will handle and shoot it up the right wing boards. Dry subtle. Wastes no time in moving it to Hall. High slot McDavid. Back to Hall. Rich shot. All right. Well, that should be an easy one. Goal or no goal if you if you followed the game. No, I didn't watch the game or listen to it, but that's no goal. Talbot will handle and shoot it up the right wing boards. Dry subtle. Wastes no time in moving it to Hall. High slot McDavid. Back to Hall. Rich shot. Save Markstrom. Well, you knew who scored, so you've been you've been paying attention to Rob and me. What's on your mind, man? Hey guys, so a couple things. Um, we know Yakupov and Mc, anyone in McDavid have a success, right? Like they have chemistry. So why not put Yakupov back on that line? And Everlay, Everlay makes his own. But you put him with uh, Nugent Hopkins, and we know they have chemistry. They played together for years, and they, Everlay's always produced, really, right? So that's one thought. So I don't know what are your guys' ideas on that one. Uh, Neil Yakupov isn't a top six forward. He's just not, and yeah. he's he's got to learn to be able to play as a third-line guy here, and if he does that, yeah. then they've got a role for him. If not, uh, he's going to have a hard time finding ice time because they're, right now, Nugent Hopkins eventually is going to be in top six, and they'll probably yeah. move dry settle over as a winger, so there's one less spot yeah. in the top six. Uh, it, there's, there's parts of Nail's game that he has to improve on, and if he does, I mean, he, he can shoot the puck. 
He, he, he's yeah. got a great shot, but he's got to do the other things. And if he does the other yeah. things, they'll find ice time for him. But, I mean, you got to think, too, right now, they're not they're missing Apuliat. Apuliat, when he's no, back, sure. he's in the top six. So uh, I, I'm not sure where Nail fits coming next year. Yeah, well, if that's the mindset, yeah, without a doubt. But um, the other one, so we're going into, I don't know, is it a home game in San Jose or are, they, are we going to San Jose? They're going to San Jose. Yeah, so um, that's going to be a potentially rough game, right? And Nurse is a tough guy, without a doubt. But if they draw in, like, Haley and uh, and Mike Brown's in the lineup, like, do you think Gassick draws in? And I know we have Patrick Maroon, we got Cassidy, and those guys can fight. But and, and they can beat guys up, I'm sure of it. But Gazdick hurts guys, right? Like, Gazdick is going to let those guys know they can't go after. It, like, I don't know. What do you think of that? Well, I don't I'm, know. I'm just, I'm just going back, going over the last, say, 20 games that the Oilers have played. I don't remember a game where the Oilers were physically pushed around. And Mike Brown plays for the Canadians now. So I, I, I don't know a, a night where you need... And I like Luke Gazdick, and I think he's improved his game tremendously. Uh, but I don't think you need a hammer in the lineup because, A, the NHL doesn't allow silly stuff to happen anymore. It's more or less taken out of the game. And I honestly don't remember a game where the Edmonton Oilers have been pushed around as of late. So I don't know if there's a need to to take out someone that is contributing and being able to play in any situation and put in a guy just for the strictly to fight. I just don't think the Oilers need that anymore because they've got enough size. Cracknell's going to go in the lineup before Luke Gazdick is. Levi, thanks a lot for calling. The Oilers beat the Canucks 2-zip. Canucks head coach Willie Desjardins, courtesy of Challenge Insurance Group. Challenge creates opportunity. We provide solutions. Lots of shots, but no goal. Did you generate enough quality chances? Uh, the last half of the game we did. I didn't think we generated an awful lot in the first the first half, but I thought the last half we, we generated more. What kind of explanation did you get on the nullified goal? Yeah, it was a little bit confusing on it. Uh, I thought originally they called it because it was a glove. Um, and then it, I, I didn't really understand why they were reviewing it. If it wasn't a glove, like it wasn't a reviewable one. But anyway, so I wasn't, I'm not quite sure, but it... Uh, um, that was a call they made, and th- th- those guys are both good officials. And you know, I think they tried to explain it the best they could. Uh, I didn't re- totally understand it though. Good to play a role in the game. It seemed like the game where the first goal was going to be awful big. Yeah, but you can't. We got to get if, just because it doesn't go in. We got to find a way to get one. So it, you know, it, it would have helped for sure if we got that one, but we didn't get it. Yeah, I thought he played better tonight. I thought he felt a little bit more comfortable. That's a tough team to play, and I thought he, he you know, I thought both him and Padan looked better tonight. Back at it tomorrow against St. Louis. Yeah, they're uh, they're a heavy team. They're waiting for us, so that's going to be a challenge coming home. But uh, uh, you know, we uh, we got to find a way to, to win some games. And you know, I thought our guys played hard tonight. I, you know, I thought. I thought a number of guys had a, had good efforts. I thought Gons had a good effort tonight. So it was there's some positive things. All right, that is Willie Desjardins, head coach of the Vancouver Canucks. They fall to 27-31 and 12 on the season. The Oilers take it 2-0. Talbot strong again, 40 saves. You'll hear from Oilers center Mark Letestu when we get back. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 10.50. It's a 2-0 win 
for the Edmonton Oilers over the Vancouver Canucks. We did turn on that Japanese Village goal light on Wednesday. We can't do it tonight. Yeah, the Oilers have to get five or more in a game for us to do that. Then you can go to the Ched website and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side and north side. If you miss this one, scoreless first period. I thought the Oilers were the better team in the first period, Rob, especially probably about the first 12 minutes. They were, and then they didn't capitalize on some chances. They actually turned away on some shots. They tried to make pretty plays, and then Vancouver started getting the feel of it. The last seven, eight minutes got some chances themselves. Uh, but the Oilers stuck with it. Uh, it. It was a gritty game. I mean, anytime you look at, at what the Oilers are throwing out there, especially on the back end with the number of injuries they have, uh, and they're putting up, I mean, uh, take away the St. Louis game, a, a lot of very good defensive efforts. And I don't think that's what we were expecting when we saw these, the Clef bombs and the Davidsons and those players get injured. Yet there's, they're doing it by committee, and some players are stepping up and playing much bigger and much better than many had expected when the season began. So it was a, it was a gritty effort tonight. I don't think it was a perfect game, but it was perfect in the nets. His Cam Talbot was outstanding. I mean, Reinhardt plays 23-37. Osterley plays 21-31. There are guys with fewer than 30 games experience in the NHL. Well, there are a couple of guys that w if there was injury, if there weren't injuries, they would be in the minors. And they were the, the two leading defensemen for ice time for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Let's hear from Oilers center Mark Latestu. Uh, another another good win for your team. I'm, I'm mean, sure it's always nice when you shut the opponent out. Yeah, I thought uh, you know Cam was our best player tonight by far. Uh, you know they started to really take the game over in the second. I thought we you know our you know our sharpness or execution on plays wasn't quite there. Led into them kind of getting some momentum. Uh, in the third we were able to hold the fort, but uh, you know Cam was great. Well, you guys also had a couple big penalty kills early in uh, that third period that uh, seemed to get, give you guys back some momentum. Yeah, I think so. I think you know we took it upon ourselves as a kill to. to to maintain the, the little bit of momentum we had getting that goal in the second, uh, you know, and try and get things going in the right direction. So, uh, credit to the guys who went out there and killed. Uh, again, best penalty kill is your goalie, and then Cam was outstanding tonight. Yeah, there's no doubt that Cam was good, but it seemed like a lot of the shots were from the outside, so it seems like it was a good defensive effort overall. Yeah, well, and especially with the Sedins there, they, they really like to, you know, use the sauce pass and the seam, and uh, they're dangerous players, so we, we limited a lot of their chances. Guys got in the lanes, blocked some shots. And the goalie took care of it, so it was a good night for the penalty kill, uh, something to build off of. And just nice to you know win a game against St. Louis, where it's a high-scoring game, and then win a low-scoring game like this against Vancouver. Yeah, I think uh, you know especially down the stretch there, guys really blocking shots, limiting things to the outside, Cam making saves. Uh, it's nice to get a shutout and really hold it for them there at the end. There's some, some chance around the net, so it's nice to see we can win some games some different ways, and, and hopefully continues here down the stretch. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Read that smart with Pesto. All right, thanks a lot, Brendan Ulrich in the Oilers dressing room tonight. 2-1 win over Vancouver. Other NHL action, the Avalanche beat the Calgary Flames 4-3 in a shootout. Nathan McKinnon uh, knee injury in that one. I think we'll know more about that probably uh, over the weekend. That would be a big loss for a Colorado team trying to fight for that playoff spot, losing one of their young stars. If Jenny Kuznetsov three assists, the Capitals beat the Predators 4-1. Buffalo on home ice, knocking off the Ottawa Senators 3-1. Scott Darling, the shutout for the Blackhawks as they win 4-0 in Winnipeg. Andrew Ladd back in Winnipeg gets a goal. And it was his 20th of the season. That's one thing that the Chicago Blackhawks were looking for out of Ladd. He can score. He can play physical. Good team leader. Great pickup for the Chicago Blackhawks. And another shutout. Three of the six games tonight were shutouts. Frederick Anderson as the Ducks beat the Boston Bruins 4-0. Anderson with 38 saves in that one. Uh, they got two good goaltenders in Anaheim with uh, Gibson and Anderson. They're a team that uh, 
who would have thought where they started the season at as to where they are now? Very strong hockey team that's looking to make a repeat and maybe go further than their final four last year in the playoffs. By the way, that Vancouver record on December 1st, they were 9-9-8. and So they'd played 26 games. They'd only won nine, but they'd only had nine where they didn't get a point. Well, that keeps you in a playoff race. Unfortunately, they stopped doing that in the second half of the season, and that's why they have fallen completely out that and the fact that they got a number, a number of injuries to key players as well. Yeah, for sure. In the Western Hockey League tonight, Lethbridge over Medicine Hat 9-3. The Oil Kings remain two points up on Medicine Hat for the final playoff spot in the Eastern Conference. Medicine Hat is home to Lethbridge tomorrow. The Oil Kings go to Red Deer. If the Oil Kings get a point or Medicine Hat doesn't get two points, the Oil Kings clinch. If Medicine Hat wins and the Oil Kings lose in regulation, they'd have to do a one-game tiebreaker. Well, you're the Oil Kings. You want to control your own fate. They can, but it's a very good Red Deer team that they're going to play. All right, so the Oilers win it 2-0 at Rexall Place our, over Vancouver. Our next broadcast will be Sunday night. The Colorado Avalanche are in town. 6 o'clock for the face-off show. The game will start at 7.30. Rob, I will see you then. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That's our Inside the Game analyst, Rob Brown, our studio producer this evening. Matthew Panaschik, the executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 630Ched is Sid Smith. You can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com for stories and audio about your favorite hockey team. All right, Talbot the 40 save shutout. Everly and Hendricks, the goal scorers. Oilers get it done, 2-0 over the Knucks. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening.